Hi, I'm Jim Sullivan, and I'm the host of Boston Rock Talk, and I welcome you to podcast number 137. Our guest today is Kevin Haskins, drummer for the band Pop Tone, which has quite a history. He and his mate, guitarist Daniel Ash, were half of the goth rock king's Bauhaus, and then two-thirds of the band's Tones on Tail and Lovin' Rockets. Now, any rocker worth his salt has a good Lemmy story or two. Lemmy, of course, was the wild-living singer and bassist for the hard-rocking Motorhead, a legend, a gruff, gregarious icon, a whiskey quaffer, and an amphetamine gobbler. In a moment, Haskins will recall his first encounter with Lemmy in London in the late 70s. But he'll also talk about what brought Ash and himself back together again to launch Pop Tone, a band that leans heavily, as you might guess, from Tones on Tail and Love and Rockets, much less so on Bauhaus. But first, a bit on Bauhaus. They formed in Northampton, England. 1978 lasted five years. They drew from the Bowie-esque world of glam rock, but often wore a grim post-punk mask. A lot of torment in their music. As their name implied, Bauhaus favored starkness and cubic simplicity. The good times didn't exactly roll. The term goth was attached to the sounds, the vision, and the image, and not a word that anyone in the band particularly liked, but, well, so it goes. Ash founded Tones on Tail as a solo project during the end of Bauhaus with support from Glenn Campling, the bass player, and later brought Haskins aboard when Bauhaus folded. Back in 1984, after Tones on Tail played a Boston club gig, Ash told me of the split with Bauhaus singer Peter Murphy, we got fed up with each other. We're not the best of friends. Bauhaus did reunite for a tour in 1998 and then again in the mid, uh, mid-aughts. Tones on Tail meshed into Love and Rockets in 1985, with Campling exiting and Bauhaus bassist David J., Haskins' brother, joining, giving them three-quarters of the Bauhaus lineup. In forming Pop Tone, Ash told me he wanted to concentrate on the songs he'd written and or sung, hence just one Bauhaus song that they do, Slight of Light. Um, the primary idea with Pop Tone, Ash said, was to bring the jagged but bright and atmospheric dance music of Tones on Tail, which had only one brief U.S. tour into the clubs of 19... Well, they played in the clubs back in the 1980s. They want to bring them into the clubs of 2018. You can reach us here at bostonrocktalk at gmail.com. Find us on the web at bostonrocktalk.com and on Facebook. We are also available for download on iTunes and Google Play Music. And now, Kevin Haskins. Hello, Kevin. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. Where are you calling, where are you calling from? I'm actually staying with friends up in the Catskills. Ah, a little, a little uh, downtime, vacation time? Yeah. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Uh, just to uh, set the stage a little bit, you and I know each other. I was with the Boston Globe for a long time uh, mm-hmm. and wrote about both Bauhaus and Love and Rockets and Tones on Tail, actually, back in those days, and I'm doing various freelance things now. And yeah. this is uh, <laughs> when I found out you guys were back as Pop Tone. I pitched it to my editor, and he said, go. So anyway, <laughs> that's, where, that's where we're at. Um, let me start with the, the simplest, most basic of questions, which is how did Pop Tone evolve? Uh, well, Daniel and myself, uh, over the past few years, uh, like once every year, we we be you know we keep in touch a lot and we get on really well, and uh, we talked about the idea of maybe doing this something like this, and and we'd go for the pros and cons, and basically. Just the idea of doing long touring and being away from home 
uh, was the kind of main thing that kind of put us off. Right. Um, but uh, our agent, long-time agent, Mark Geiger at William Morris Endeavor, who's been with us since the old days, and um, he's a big fan, and he's a lovely guy, and, um, you know, he said, you don't have to do that. You know, you can, these days, bands have this new kind of way of touring, just going out, doing like five or seven shows, mm-hmm. and going home and having a couple of weeks off. Right. So they're like, oh, that sounds good, you know. Yeah. Um, so, well, you know, that, I don't use, have you spoken to Dan? No, he's calling me after you. Yeah. Okay. Well, he has a he has this whole um, kind of I I I term it as a visitation from um, uh, Lemmy that he had at four in the morning. He'll probably tell you. About I'll it, I'll no? definitely ask him about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. what did Lem, was Lemmy a Love and Rockets fan? <laughs> well, actually, we. We used to run into him a lot here and there. Yeah. Um, actually, one time, we in the early days of Bauhaus, we were playing in a pub in London, and uh, we got off stage, and Lemmy was in a dressing room uh, spraying Motorhead on the wall, like, <laughs> with a spray can. And, <laughs> and we're like, hi, and he's like, oh, hi, guys, yeah, don't mind me. I'll, I'll be finished in a minute. <laughs> and uh, it was the first time we came across him, and we would kind of run into him from time and time again. And, but, um, yeah, well, I'll let Daniel tell you the story. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask him the story. It'll be good. That's, I'm yeah. glad you set it up, though. That, that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, so, let, now, let me get this straight. You're a trio, and your daughter, I believe, is in the band. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. Uh, okay, so, so she's playing bass, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, when you and Daniel put this together, was there any thought of getting your brother back involved, or is he doing something else now? Well, uh, you know, what we're doing is a career retrospective. Yeah. And playing music from Bauhaus, Tones on Tail, and Love and Rocket. Right. And Daniel kind of set this uh, kind of uh, idea that he, he only really wants to perform music that he wrote and sang on, uh-huh. you know, pretty much purely. Yes. Um, so that kind of restricted the songs that we could, you know, choose yeah. choose from. Um, and, um, you know, like predominantly a lot of Tons and Tail music came into the fore. Um, so, we, you know, it's like probably about 65% Tons and Tail, probably, you know, about five Bauhaus, uh, five Love and Rocket songs, and like, there's just one Bauhaus song. Yeah, I was. Um, yeah, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, we kind of felt it would it would be kind of make more sense to have somebody neutral playing the bass. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't imagine David playing Glenn Campling's bass lines and vice versa. It, right. Um, so you know, we just thought, well, let's look for you know, and we, when we had discussed kind of an idea of going out again playing these songs. Um, you know, one person we kept thinking about was my daughter. Um, so we actually auditioned a couple of people, and she, it was very close, but she had the edge. Um, <laughs> was there any nepotism involved? Not really, no, I really <laughs> tried to be very impartial mm-hmm. about it, you know. Um, but she, like Daniel and myself, like, I think every member of all the bands we've been in, um, we we were not trained musicians, and it was more instinctive. And 
daughter's the same way. There's there's a certain feel to playing those bass lines, mm-hmm. um, and I I think like a more trained musician might have you know more difficulty interpreting them, and she just she just picks up things so fast and easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it just works out really well, and I guess it's not a not such a big stretch that that would be the case, you know. Right, right. How old is she? You know. She's thirty. She's thirty. Fine. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, I, you, when you talk about the uh, material you're doing, I noticed too. I was looking at the set list online and realized, yeah, the mix is what you just said it was, and only just the one Bauhaus song. Uh, why that decision to just do that on song? Well, it's the only song that Daniel sang. Oh, okay. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, there's a another song that he wrote called. Uh, Hope that we're trying to persuade him to do. <laughs> okay, all right. Beautiful song, um, but he's, you know, he kind of goes back and forth with that. But um, right, you know, but even so, there's such a strong catalogue of songs, even with that restriction, you know. Um, right. And uh, we we came up the with the you know we we, we rehearsed for like six weeks. <clears throat> a lot of work into it and um, and then it came to the day where okay let's put a set list together and we pretty much came up with it immediately it was just like okay mm-hmm. let's start with this and this and that's the set we've been playing and stuck to and you know it takes the listener on a journey throughout all the bands and we kind of mix it up and it just has this great flow to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. works really well well I, I would think too I mean if you're considering Bauhaus material and as you said I mean that's the song Daniel sang uh, if you were doing other Bauhaus material that would mean somebody would have to take on Peter's role and I'm not yeah. sure would any of you want to do that or would that just be just not a consideration yeah I don't think it would be a consideration because you know Peter has such a you know strong voice yes and carried the, yes uh, amazing delivery that um, it would be very difficult really to right. kind of pull that off. You know? Well, I should ask you, I mean, did you approach him at all about doing this or are you guys just not in, in contact at all these days? Um, I'm, you know, we're kind of to a degree in contact, but, um, you know, it, it wouldn't really fit in with the concept of what we're doing. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, <clears throat> Well, and there's, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of bands from that era have, you know, broken up and done the reuniting thing because, you know, let's face it, there's still an audience out there to an extent. There's money to be made and all that. Um, You know, I mean, was there any thought in your heads of, hey, maybe we want to get Bauhaus back together again? Um, Not really. Okay. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, we, we did that in 98. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know it carried on into the 2000s to a degree, and I I think we kind of exhausted it really. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I don't know. This just felt, you know, with the Bauhaus reunion, we it came up all through the 90s on and off, and the suggestion of doing it, and um, I mean, it never felt right until 98, and then it just. Mm-hmm. It was like something in the air where it just felt right, and I think it's the case with this project too. It just, um, uh, well, you know, there was this visitation. <laughs> yes. Yes. That instigated it. Yes, right, exactly. Well, uh, but, um, um, 
Talking about the music of Love and Rockets and Tones on Tail, uh, obviously there are going to be people here reading this who aren't terribly familiar with it. How would you describe the two bands, the similarities and the differences between between them? Um, well, Tones on Tail, for me, was very unique, uh, very otherworldly type of music. Um, uh, and... I think if you listen to the first Love and Rockets, so, you know, in the beginning there was Bauhaus, and then uh, Turns on Tales started as a Daniel Ash solo project during Bauhaus. Mm-hmm. And when Bauhaus finished, then I joined Turns on Tales, and it became its own, you know, project. And we only did one album. Um, and then the first Love and Rockets album, which is called uh, um, Seventh Dream in yeah. Teenage Heaven. Yep. I think you can kind of hear like uh, a segue from Turns and Tales to Degree mm-hmm. on the first album. And then, you know, we evolved, we evolved in our own right and it, it became um, more, you know, I guess it's Love and Rocks is probably more com- commercially accessible, um, more, more of a, like, pop music, mm-hmm. um, less underground, if you'd like. Yeah. Um, You're talking about compared to Bauhaus? When I was comparing it to Tones and Tales. Oh, to Tones, okay, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. It was for Bauhaus, too, yeah. Yeah, but okay, that, that makes some sense. Um, you know, I want to ask you, too, I mean, because the word goth gets talked or, tossed around a lot, and Bauhaus, of course, gets thrown into that very much at the top of the heap, how do you feel about the term? Was it valid then? Does it have any validity now? Well, we, you know, the, the like media coined that phrase. Right. Uh, I... You know, I, I guess, you know, we're inclined to want to pigeonhole, as human beings, pigeonhole, uh, you know, make, have, make a category category for, for certain things, music yeah. and art. Sure. Uh, so it was really coined by the media, really. Um, and it just so happened that we decided to wear black, and uh, we, our first single was about a vampire. <laughs> um, and we also... Uh, drove around in a hearse for a while. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you can understand, you know, uh, being, uh, you know, given that tag. Sure. <laughs> but we never really, we, we always really felt, you know, that we weren't part of any movement or category, you know. Um, yeah. But it was kind of placed upon us. Right, right. Well, I mean, much like the the punk bands. I mean, before punk rock became a category, I mean, it, it had other connotations. You know, the uh, the guy in prison, you know, who was uh, raped, right, was the punk uh, in, yeah. in prison. And I, actually, I was talking to Chris Stein of Blondie a little while ago, and he said back in the early days in New York, he saw a poster on a um, street lamp or something, and it said, Punk is coming, and he just thought, oh, God, what a terrible name for a band that is, and then <laughs> and then he realized it was um, Punk Magazine, which oh. came out then, and then, of course, Blondie became a big part of that, being being featured in Punk Magazine, but it was sort of a, so it was sort of coined by, you know, others, and then, you know, they, they sort of fell into it by accident, I guess, and, you yeah. know, you know you obviously, you, you don't have any control over what people are going to call you, and uh, well, wait a minute. You know, in Bauhaus, they Bauhaus took its name after an art movement, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there you go. Um, question two: uh, 
how long a set are you doing? You've got uh, you know a lot of material to choose from. What makes the, what makes the perfect uh, set for you in terms of length and dynamics? Well, I always remember Ian Jury from the Blockhead oh. interview describing how he would put a set together. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, kind of simply put, you start out with a couple of storming songs, and you you know you, it's like a roller coaster ride. You want to like take it down. And at the end, you know, build it to a crescendo. Right. But he said, in the middle of the set, you've got to put a big hit. So that's really important. Uh. So I've always kind of remembered that. Um, and uh, so that's kind of what we're, we're doing. I, ha- I do have a scoop for you. Go ahead. Because we're, you know, we've, I don't know how many shows we've played so far, maybe 25 or 30, mm-hmm. maybe, I'm not sure. But we're going to add a new song on this East Coast tour at the end of the set. Uh, uh, a new song meaning unrecorded song? No, meaning an old song but <laughs> that we haven't played in the set. Ah, well, I looked at the set list and there was one notable omission and that would be So Alive. That is not the song. That is not the song. Can you tell me what the song is? Um, well, <laughs> I, I guess I said I was giving you a scoop, right? Uh, we're going to be playing Ball of Confusion. Oh, great. great. <laughs> That's terrific. I love that version that you do. Uh, but I do want to ask you about So Alive. That was your big hit, and you're, you're not doing it, right? Correct. Okay, how come? Um, it's always been a very difficult song to pull off live, because a lot of it relied on studio production. Um, and, you know, in the past, we tackled it, and we, we actually tackled it this time around. And um, it's just difficult to pull off, so, you know, we decided just to leave it out. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you get audiences uh, sort of suggesting <laughs> that you play it? Well, actually, um, on one of our Facebook sites that a fan created, one of them did a poll on um, what songs do you want Popcorn to uh, play. And uh, actually, it was predominantly Turns on Tail songs, and... Mm. And I, I, I actually knew before we went into this that because of, you know, I have daughters who are now grown up and I will go to their events or their shows or, and, uh, kids would often come up to me and say, Hey, are you can ask us? Yes. Um, what about Tones on Tail? Are you going to do Tones on Tail? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know. Um, so I, I knew that there was an interest from, you know, the younger, gen- younger, generation, but mm-hmm. also, you know, we found that a lot of our more mature fans um, uh, are really excited and very receptive to um, to hearing those songs played live, because we only did one tour, one short tour in, in uh, North America, so not many people got to hear them. I remember, so, I covered you, yeah, are you talking about, I mean, I saw you at an uh, outdoor summer shed, I think it was 89 or so, you were headlining. Is that the one you're talking about? Or are you, ta- are you talking about, I'm sorry, again, are you talking about Love and Rockets or Tones on Tail? No, I'm talking about Tones on Tail. Oh, Tones on Tail, okay, fine, because yeah. Love and Rockets did a lot of touring, correct? Yeah. Yes, correct. okay, fine, fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, so this, this is, you know, like I think you're saying here, I mean, in some ways this is, probably a little more slanted toward Tones on Tails than Love and Rockets. I mean, not that there's a big distinction maybe in your mind, but to a degree, right? Well, yeah, it just, you know, it, because of uh, this uh, 
I mean, you could call it a restriction, but this plan that Danny put forth that he, you know, only wanted to perform songs that he sang and wrote. And um, yeah. so that, you know, invariably, uh, uh, you know, gave us more turns and tail songs than any other. Right, I got you. Got from, you. Uh, that, okay. catalog. that makes sense. I got you. All right, well, look, Kevin, this is fine, I think, for what uh, I, I need, and I'll, I'll get uh, uh, Daniel to fill in some of the blanks, and I'll probably start with the, uh, the Lemmy story. I thank you for tipping me off on that. <laughs> that is great. And uh, I'll see you in Boston when you're here. I'm, I'll be at the show, and I'll uh, come back and say hi. Oh, wonderful. All, yeah, great. all right, Kevin. Thanks for your time, man. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye.